Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Today, we are launching our new book, Miracles by the Moment. And it's a beaut, I'm telling you. This isn't just a a book like anything we've ever written before. This is about our journey over the last several years of what we have gone through, but what we have overcome and come out of. And so as Larry always says when he's been talking about this uh, journey over the last few years, he always says this, this story has some rough parts. (laughs) This story starts out with some challenges and some darkness, but this story ends with God's miracles, his brightness, his wonderful, wonderful victories, and all kinds of bright light of the Holy Spirit. So bear with me as I kind of lay the foundation of where this has come from. Most of you that know us kind of know where uh, this is going and what we've kind of gone through the last couple years, but just to bring up to speed and kind of refresh. Um, the reason we wrote this book is because we've been in a place in our family for uh, about four years of literally needing and seeing miracles by the moment. And the reason that I chose to entitle the book this is because of what we have seen God do in the midst of some very, very deep challenges and darkness. God has shown himself more real and more victorious than anything we could ever dream or imagine. Corey Ten Boom, you've all heard of Corey Ten Boom, went through the Holocaust in the camps and she made a statement. I read this when I <clears throat> first became a Christian uh, 40, 45 years ago. And she said, in going through all that she went through in those camps as a child, she said, when she came out, her statement was that God is good. And her statement was this, there is no pit so deep or dark that God's grace is not deeper and brighter still. Now, if you've never gone through anything hard, you know, you might not totally understand that. When I was first a Christian, I didn't really understand tough times, you know. But over these years, I've come to know and come in these last few months come to realize that no matter how deep that pit is, God's equipping, his strength, his grace, his love, his mercy, his outpouring really is, and it's deeper than any pit we could ever go through. Do you ever ask God to take you through trials? Do you ever ask for more trials? Uh Uh-uh. Do we like that idea? Do we want that? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Does God send things upon us to uh, uh, cause us to grow? No. The enemy is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we live in a real world. We live in real bodies. We live in real times in the earth. We live in real circumstances, and we are real people. Rabbi Lappin told us, uh, you know, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that we're not immune to everything. We are in this world. We're not of this world. But we do exist on this planet and in a human body. Therefore, there are things that we will face because of the fall of mankind that still affect and have strongholds in the world. However, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Now today, I'm talking specifically about 
the healing and the miracles that we've received. But I'm not just limiting what I'm talking about to healing. This is God, no matter what we're facing in this world. That means finances. That means recession. That means COVID. That means a cold going around. That means cancer. That means all of the things that are attacking our family, all the things going on in the world that are trying to drag down the people of God and come against us, suppress us and oppress us, all of those things. Our God is greater and bigger than anything we could ever, ever, ever face. Come on now, y'all. I need you to really, really grab this today. So I'm going to fast forward in just a minute, but right now I'm going to say just quickly, if you don't know the story, uh, about four years ago, uh, well, almost five years ago, Luke and Jen had their very first baby. Luke and Jen, our kids, had their very first baby. It was so, so joyful. We were so anticipating, so excited. Little lion burst into this world. And we'd waited for him. We'd waited for them for a long time. <laughs> and then little lion comes into this world. He was born on Sim Ketura, which is the day of the joy of God giving us the, world, the, the, the word. And I'm telling you, this little guy is so full of the Lord and so full of the joy. And he just laughed from day one. He was so happy, so joyful. Well, all of a sudden at seven months, he woke up one day just in agony, just crying, crying. They couldn't console him. He had a fever, temperature, all these things. Rushed him uh, to the doctor. Subsequently, this and back and forth, back and forth, ended up taking him to the ER, this and that. They put him in for all these tests. After several weeks of ruling things out of what was going on, they determined uh, that he had leukemia. Well, this is a seven-month-old baby that he had leukemia. And the day that they told us this in the hospital, they said, so today we'll move you from the emergency room to the children's cancer floor. And you'll be admitted. We'll begin chemo this afternoon. And you will live here for six months with baby lion. He'll be under treatment of chemo for this leukemia. There will be spinal taps. There will be blood infusions. There will be, he'll be hooked up 24-7. This is your newborn baby. This is the baby that has been awaited for so long. This is the baby that you just built this little nursery for and handpicked every little item. His little lion jungle, his little outfits, this little precious little lamb, blankets, all. Now he's in a hospital crib, in the hospital, naked, full of tubes, and being pumped in with chemo. My kids, when they were pregnant, Jen wouldn't even eat a piece of lunch meat that had a uh, triglyceride in it when she was pregnant because they were so careful of this baby's health. Now suddenly, this drug is being pumped into him 24-7 for the next six months that will kill the cancer in his body and do all kinds of other damage. His little feet, the skin peeled right off his feet. His little fingers were just completely raw and swelled up like a little, just like a little balloon. He just, he was, you know... It was the most heartbreaking thing that we have ever gone through in our lives. It's absolutely, not only were we heartbroken, personally, I'm talking me, I was so mad. I was so mad at the enemy. I was so fighting mad that this would happen to my children. And as a mom, I was in she-bear mode, yeah, and our whole family was. Did we pray 
that we would wake up the next morning and it would be over. The doctors would come in. Well, I don't know. I guess there was nothing there. I guess we were wrong. I could go on home now. Y'all enjoy uh, Mother's Day. You know, absolutely. Did we have that kind of faith to believe for that? Absolutely. We have seen the dead raised. We have seen the miracles over almost 50 years that God, nothing is impossible for him. And I'm telling you, when this broke out, we were in warfare. It's like, this does not fit my theology. This does not fit my theology and my faith level. But guess what? This is the world that we were living in and the reality in the natural realm. Sometimes faith, boom, works immediately. Sometimes we see one enormous miracle in the form of one giant knockout punch. Many times, many times, y'all, and I don't like it this way either, but many times our giant miracle comes in the form of hundreds of smaller miracles along the way and becomes that enormous miracle. Now, why am I saying this? Because I don't want, I don't want to ever diminish what God can do. Uh, Larry and I are so firm about speaking only faith. During that time, we spoke only faith. However, we still had to walk out what was going on. We had to walk these things out. My goodness, Jen and Luke had to live in that hospital. There were a million things going on that they had to take care of with baby lion. Jen couldn't even, couldn't even, she told the nurses, I'm changing his diapers. I know you want to care. No, I'm doing this. This is my baby. She had to put on a rubber suit and rubber gloves just to change his diaper every time because it was, his urine was toxic. And so she had to get it off his body so it didn't burn his body. And she had to get it off of her because it would go into her. So this little girl, this new little mom, she's all suited up uh, uh, like hazmat just to change his diapers. And how many know when you've got a feed in you, uh, an IV feed, that little baby is going to wet his diaper like every 10 minutes. It was nonstop. These were issues. Why am I saying this? Because I'm trying to paint a picture of how dark this time was. Luke slept in the chair. It was just a little chair. That Jen tried to sleep in the crib with Lion. Jen's a grown woman. It's a baby crib. Wrapped herself around that little baby, seven-month-old, and all those wires she'd intertwine, and she would never move until she had to change that diaper and all those things. Six months they lived that way. Now, why am I saying this? Let me tell you something. We can't fully, fully appreciate the light till we see it against darkness. I am a wannabe artist. I'm a wannabe artist, but I love art, but I love bright art that pops off the canvas. I love like bright, bright contrast colors. I love when you have, uh, uh, my one of my favorite paintings is these butterflies and flowers that are so, so, so bright, but they're against a dark blue sky. So you see this contrast. One of my friends in Israel, Udi, he talks about this. He, we talked about it together and he said, you know, an artist knows that if you're gonna have a brilliant painting, you have to paint the dark background so that lighted object pops off the page. Well. In this story, well, Pastor Tiz, you're getting kind of dark there. You're getting kind of, well, you know what? In this book, I really decided that is absolutely not the way that Larry and I operate. We never tell our business. We never tell our gory stories. We always tell the highlights. We always tell, guess what? We just overcame. Look what God did. But you know what? Where you and I live sometimes can be gory. Where you and I live can sometimes be in that valley. And I realize people need to understand how dark this story was so they can appreciate the light and the miracles of what God did. Amen. So I need you to bear with me in that because most people don't live in a place of knowing how to live in faith. Most people don't live in the place of 
When you get that kind of diagnosis, what do you do with it? How do you get through this? And I want to give hope. I want to give examples. I want to give specifics of how to walk these things out, how to face them down. You know, I start the book with this quote, Ellie Weissel, who survived the Holocaust, who lived in the camps for years, went on, survived them, went on to be an incredible, incredible author, political activist, Nobel Peace Prize. And this man made this statement, whoever survives a test, whatever it may be, must tell the story. It is their duty. It is their duty. That's why Larry and I decided to write this book. Psalms 118.17. This took on a whole nother meaning, this scripture. I will live and not die, but I will live and proclaim what the Lord has done. Amen. That's why we're telling this story. That's why we're telling this story. I met a lady a couple years ago, or about a year ago, and she said to me, we've watched you on TV. Pastor, you guys have showed us how to walk through with victory, how to endure challenges, how to overcome and walk it out. You know, yes, there's the highlights. Yes, there's the big miracles. Yes, there is absolutely God can do anything. But most of us in our daily lives, we got some stuff to walk out. Yes, we absolutely know God's got this. But you still got to walk out the day-to-day -day stuff, right? Amen? Come on, y'all. Give me some response, will you? I'm working hard here. <laughs> Amen. I'm not saying this to bring attention to my family. I'm not telling this story to bring attention to us. I'm telling this story to bring attention to God, to bring attention to God, his promises and his power. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. Writing this book was the most painful thing I've ever had to do. Once I started this journey, once I got through that myself, I was done. I was done. It was in the rear view mirror. I didn't wanna think about it. And so when we decided to write a book on it, it was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, yeah, I can do it. But then walking it through again, it was incredibly difficult and painful because all of a sudden I had to relive it. Well, I didn't want to relive it. I was on, I was over it. But I did this for the Lord. And I did this for others to be able to get through life, to get through challenges. So back to the story, I got sidetracked. So after, Lion is almost five. In two, next week, he's gonna be five. And that kid is a wild man. He is so incredible. Completely, completely free of any sickness, any disease. Completely, completely free. Matter of fact, he was cancer free within several months, but still needed to go through this treatment. Cancer is a weird deal. It's unlike any other kind of, you don't break your leg, get over it. It's not, you know, oh, I had a boo-boo and now I'm, it's something if you have one tiny, tiny, tiny little molecule still left in your body that can come back with a huge vengeance and a huge rage and a viciousness, it becomes very aggressive. And um, that's why, because people say, well, if he was cancer-free, why'd you do the chemo and all those things? Because we're gonna make sure it's gone and dead. Amen. You don't, it's one thing you just don't mess with. So few months into this with Lion, and I'm going to not go much into Jen and Luke's story because that's their story and they can tell it in their way. But God, 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 whew, God was big, is big. And my kids and my family, I'm so proud of them, the way that they rose up and came through this. 
Amen. Give them a hand, would you? And give God a hand, would you? So we're just into this several months. We're fighting this through with Lion. We're fighting this through and doing all this. And all of a sudden, um, <laughs> so then all of a sudden, uh, so we were in Israel and we had our tour there. This was in May of 2019. We had about a hundred people there just trucking, doing all these things. We're dedicating our ambulances that y'all give to and pay for. We're over there just doing the tour, but we're visiting all the things that we give to. We're up at B'nai Zion Hospital and, and uh, meeting. They, they did a big luncheon for us to thank us for all the donations and all the support that we give. We're down there at the front entrance and Dr. Rofe is down there with us. He's the director of the hospital and we're just celebrating and we're so happy and so excited and rejoicing in everything that we're doing. All of a sudden at the front entrance, this ambulance comes zooming up with, a, with someone in there. They pull up, we're like getting out of the way. We realize this is one of our ambulances. And it's got on the, on the side of the ambulance, donated by Larry Huck Ministries and New Beginnings Church. We're like, our people, we're just screaming, we're jumping, we're taking photos. Dr. Rollface, like, you couldn't, you know, I mean, there's other ambulances that come up every day. He's like, this, you couldn't, you couldn't orchestrate this. So we're just all excited. And then we're standing there and all of a sudden another one comes in. It's another one of our ambulances. We're taking pictures. We're telling the drivers, we're like, hey, this, we paid for this. He's like, oh, can we get a picture? You know, I'm like, hey, you might want to get that lady out of the back there. <laughs> Meanwhile, like we're just like so joyful to see the fruit of our labor and be a part of saving these lives. So all of a sudden we're standing there and, and, and all of a sudden I feel this, oh man, this pain. I'm like, whoa, I might, I, I just might need one of these myself. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm in the right place. And so anyway, lo and behold, just kind of got back from there and thought, hmm, that pain is not going away. Something's going on. Went to the doctor, thought it was a digestive thing. He takes a CT scan, blah, blah, blah. Sees something, calls me that same afternoon. He's like, um, this is a little beyond me. I'm going to send you to a gynecological oncologist. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, something's going on there. I'm like, whatever. You know, and so let him make the appointment. We went down there. I was just like, no, this is nothing. This is not that, whatever. I don't even know what I'm doing here. We get in there and this oncologist that we'd never met, of course, and he comes in, it's Larry, Anna, Katie, me. We sit that we're sitting there and he says, I, I looked at your CT scans. He goes, I know exactly what's going on here. This is ovarian cancer. It's very aggressive. It's very advanced and we need to do surgery. I'm gonna schedule you for surgery in three days. Emergency surgery. It's very aggressive. And I said, what? I said, well, obviously, how long have I had this? It was probably one to two months and it's already that advanced. So there was really no time to wait. There was no time to mess around. And if it's traveling that fast for one or two months and already to stage three, or four, you can imagine the time frame that was before us there. So he's telling us this, and we're just like, you know, literally the room started to spin. Literally, he's three feet from me. That my family's right here. He's three feet from me. All of a sudden, I, I thought he, it looked like he was across the uh, Cowboys football stadium. I was frozen. I couldn't even move. The kids, Larry, no one could move. We just listening to him. All of a sudden, I couldn't even hear what he was saying. I, you know how they say when you have a death experience, your life passes before you? What happened to me in that moment? My life passed before me, but it was my future. All the things ahead of me, but without me in it. All of a sudden, I'm seeing in my mind, while he's talking, I'm seeing, and this was a split second, I'm seeing Katie getting married. I'm not there. I'm seeing Anna and Brandon, Luke, Jen, Katie, Asher, Judah, Aviva, Lion, all growing up, all going through all the things of life 
without Nana, without Mom. I'm seeing Larry coming to church, carrying on without me. I'm seeing all these things in my mind. It was like a split second. And then all of a sudden I hear him say, this chemo is going to start immediately. It's going to be very hard, very, very, very intense, as intense as we can possibly do. And the side effects will be very strong, very hard. You'll lose your hair within two weeks. Well, that was it for me. <laughs> that brought me back to reality. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> and immediately I burst into tears because, not because I'm losing my hair. Well, kind of because I'm losing my hair, but... But it was the reality of what was going on here. It was the moment where it broke through to reality. And it just whoo, hit me and I was just like, oh my God, this is really. And just burst into tears. The family all, you know, rushed over and was, was grabbing me. We were all so stunned we couldn't move. And all of a sudden we're all just like huddled. He's like, we're gonna do this. We're gonna get through it. It's gonna, and we're like, and the first thing I said to him, I said, okay, are you a believer? And he said, I, yeah. And I said, well, listen, we are, and we're pastors. And you see these folks right here? This is my family. This is my family. This isn't just about me. This is my family. I'm their mom. This is my husband. I have an entire family, grandkids. We have a ministry that reaches the world, and there's a lot that we're involved in that's helping people and changing the world. I said, I know you don't take anybody for granted, but I'm telling you, there's a lot at stake here. This isn't just about me. This is about a destiny of impacting the entire world. And I want you to picture that and realize that as we move forward. And we are going to be praying for you, for God to bless you, lead you, guide you, empower you, give you wisdom, direction, understanding. And I said, and not just for me, but for all you do, because you are a great man. You save lives. And we so appreciate you, but we're going to do everything in the natural that we can. But we're going to believe God to put his super to our natural. Is that okay? <laughs> he goes, yeah. And so through the whole journey, he has seen this. It's been over three years now. And so we did, we went through some stuff. We went through some extreme challenges. We did the surgery in the next three days. You know, I got 18 inches cut open. He took a lot of stuff out. It was a complete hysterectomy and a lot of other stuff where that cancer had already gone to. It was very, very, very serious, without a question. We went right into chemo. He said he spent eight hours on me. He picked out every single little piece of grainy, it's like sand, picking sand out, cancer, that he could pull out until he was exhausted and he couldn't find anything else. And then he said, I, I told, he told Larry and the kids, I got 98% that I know of. I got everything I could. Now the chemo will do the rest and keep anything else at bay. So three years, well, I went through chemo for six months, four to six months, and it's not fun. And I did lose my dew. And I did lose my eyebrows. I did lose everything, my eyelashes, everything. It was, it was not a pretty sight. And there's challenges in going through it. It wasn't fun. And then when the pandemic came in, my immune system was so low, I had to go into isolation. And, you know, it was a challenging time. I'm used to sitting right there, right in the middle of everything for church. 
Now for months, I was on stream, watching from behind, watching everybody in church. I was watching y'all. I, I hope you weren't, I, I was keeping my eye on y'all. But you know what? It was like that vision that I had um, at the doctor, seeing my future without me. Now I'm watching from behind with my empty seat and I'm watching y'all carry on, watch my kids in the front row, my husband, my son-in-law, my whole family without me. Well, I had to fight that. I had to fight that. And number one thing, yes, I had a great doctor. I had a great surgeon. I was very, very blessed. I have an incredible support team in my family, my staff, all of us, all of us together. We have incredible friends. Amen, and I'm so grateful for that. But I just want to tell you, it was still, I had to walk this out. And so when I got home from the doctor that day, I had a million things to do on my to-do list. I had so much to get done. I mean, okay, we're going to surgery. I don't know how much that's going to, you know, then into chemo. I don't know what condition I'm going to be. I've got so much to get done. You know, I, I run all of our our business at home and everything. And just, I was like, oh, I've got so much to get done. And Larry's like, nope, you're going to sit down and you're going to take care of you. All that can wait. We'll figure it out. And you're going to spend time with God. So how did I get through that? He bought me this little table with an umbrella. We set it outside and every single morning before, the few days before the surgery and then every single morning after that. And I would sit there and I took a hundred scriptures that Raphael Cruz gave me. And I would just sit there in the morning and I would speak them out. And I would aggressively declare God's promises. The number one thing I had to come to terms with is I will live and not die. Because cancer, even when you have the absolute best surgeon in the world, I had the best treatment possible, but he will be the very first to tell you that's not enough. There's a million unknowns. There's a million variables. There's a million ways this can, you know, not go the, the right way. And so nonetheless, even though I had all that, when you're dealing with cancer, there's still life and death at stake. Why am I saying that? Not to speak that out, no, but to tell you how important life and death it was for me to get inside of me that I will live and not die. And I took those hundred scriptures. My God is my healer. In Exodus, I am the God that healeth thee. Jesus Christ took the stripes, took death, pain upon him so that you and I could live. Our God is God Almighty. There is nothing, nothing too hard for him. There is nothing impossible with our God. I had to saturate my soul and my mind with the most important thing vital to my survival was the power of God and that confidence. Yes, I was seeking a miracle, many miracles, but I had to seek the miracle worker. And that was my whole number one job was I would just sit there and I would just get under my tallit and I would just speak them out. Sometimes I'd get up and I'd do my stomp, stomping prayer and declaring and warfare and warfare and warfare and declaring and declaring and binding and loosening. I am a prayer warrior. I've written books on prayer. I live prayer. I know how to pray. But there was also times where I had to just sit there and absorb it and just let it become reality. Be still and know that I am God and become persuaded, persuaded that I am know my God and I know that he is able to do what he had promised. If you know me, if you know Larry and I, you know that we live in the promises of God. We teach how to live in the promises of God. We teach how to be overcomers, not to just, hey, faith, listen, 
Faith is not ignoring. Faith is not living in denial. I wasn't in denial that there was nothing going on. We weren't in denial with baby lion. We had some things to face and to back down and to fight against. We had to get aggressive in our faith like we never ever even dreamed of. In our lives, we didn't just ignore what was going on in the natural realm, but we rose above that and we conquered that in the spiritual realm. And we fought the good fight of faith, but we denied its right to rule and reign in our lives. So I like to tell people, this is so important, is that yes, faith is declaring, faith is being aggressive, but faith doesn't just ignore it and pull the covers over your head and pretend it'll go away like the boogeyman at night. You gotta face some stuff down. True faith is when you see what's going on, but you choose to rise above it. You choose to believe that God is bigger. You choose to trust him no matter what you see, no matter what you feel, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how rocky the road, no matter even if there's few setbacks. Listen, you choose that God is God, he is on the throne, and he will never, ever, ever let us down. So, I love, I love Psalms. I have so many, so many favorite scriptures, Psalms and Isaiah. But I'm telling you, our God is watching over his word to perform it. That's where our peace comes from. That's where our peace comes from. And that peace produces joy. That peace produces power. So if there's anything I can teach people, you know, power for miracles, power in your prayer. It doesn't come from just conjuring up emotions. It doesn't come from just, you know, a blatant, uh, you know, kind of, kind of uh, uh, performance of some type. It comes from intimacy with God. I would never want to go through that again. I would never want anyone to go through what we went through. But I'm telling you, God met us <laughs> every step of the way and became so incredibly more real than ever in our lives, so relevant and so on time. One of my daily scriptures was Deuteronomy 33:26. As your day is, so shall your strength be. Listen, when you're going through that whole thing of chemo, all these things, there's stuff every day that you got to deal with. There's issues. But every day I would say, God, whatever comes my way today, you got this. We got this. And as my day is, so shall my strength, my equipping, and your miracles be. And we lived that way and we saw that. So in that situation of being in the hospital with Lyon's diagnosis, being in the hospital with mine or, or the doctor's office. It was like a tsunami. Have you ever gotten caught in a, 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 a big wave in the ocean? You know, <laughs> we've been caught in El Nino numerous times and you cannot. <laughs> One time I was caught in this El Nino wave in and out, in and out for like 30 minutes. I mean, it was thrashing me so fast and so hard, rolling me in the sand. I mean, there was no way I could get my, get my bearings. I thought it was the end of, <laughs> it was so scary. But you're just like, you're panicking because there's no way you can get out of this. And all of a sudden, Larry makes his way over to it and he just whoosh, throws me up on the beach, you know. And uh, I'm just laying there. Oh. Oh my God, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> That's just an El Nino. When this hit us, I literally felt like I was in a tsunami wave just being thrashed and swept away. Fear, like I've never had fear before. Fear of the future, fear of, I wasn't afraid to die 
I just didn't want to die now. I know where I'll be. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I knew that. But I didn't want to leave my family. I'm at the, I, I, I'm at the best time of my life. I'm not checking out now. But I had to realize I had to get my feet under me. Like when you get hit by a wave, you're going to be thrashed until you get your feet under you. How many have watched those reporters with the hurricane? They got their, they got their stance, you know. If they don't have their feet under them, they're going to end up a block away. But they've got their stance. They're digging in. They've got their feet under them. And that's exactly how spiritually and not just me and my whole family. And we are people of faith. My God, we live in faith. But this was a whole nother level. We had to dig in. And I mean, we're, we're digging in and every single day and we're speaking. We came out of that hospital. We came out of that doctor's room. We're like, God's got this. And my kids are like, mom, you're not a statistic. You're not a statistic. Because all those reports, all those things, and my doctor, your doctor, Luke and Jen, he's, they're, not, they're not trying to be harsh or cold or indifferent, but they have to make you realize what you're dealing with. Because human nature just wants to go, hey, I got this. You know, walk out the door and not deal with it. Well, if I'd have waited a couple months, <laughs> In the natural things that have been a whole lot different. And so they have to be telling you these things to make you emotionally grab hold of the severity of this. Well, they did. And that tsunami of information just kept coming. And that's the thing sometimes. The world keeps coming. Whether it's that or other things. You know, y'all... The world just gets through COVID. <sighs> okay. Okay, I'm getting my feet under me. Oh, recession? Oh, okay. Okay, I'm getting my feet under me. Homeschooling my kids? Okay. Okay. <laughs> no jobs? Supply chain shortage? No formula? No baby formula? No toilet paper. <laughs> now what? <laughs> you know, things just, yo, we, these last few years for all of us, you know, and now recession and forecasts and oh my goodness, wars, rumors, all these things, man, you got to get your feet under you. You got to dig your feet in. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. There's stuff going on all around us. There's sin in the world. There's attacks in the world, but you and I, we got our footing on the rock. We got our footing on the rock. Plus, we got our armor on. We don't just have our suit on for the storm, you know, maybe that too. But we've got our solid rock foundation. Oh, I've got ovarian cancer. I've got Leukemia, oh, I've got the recession. Oh, I lost my job. Oh, my kids are facing, oh, well, my marriage, oh. Yeah, but guess what? Guess what? Guess what? That may be going on in the world, and that may be affecting our lives, and that may give us a hit for a moment, but I'm telling you what, rise up! We're gonna rise up above all that. Sometimes we gotta just get aggressive. I get a righteous indignation. I'm telling you, when my baby grandson Lion got leukemia, it's like no stinking way. No, I was so mad. I'd get under my Toledo and I would just, oh. It made me so mad. I was so sad, I was so broken, I was so upset, but I was mad. I was a righteous indignation. I was a she-bear. 
And I'm telling you, we as a family went after it. That's how we fight our battles. That's how we fight our battles. That's how we fight our battles. We rise above it. And our declarations, we didn't go into, I didn't go into Debbie Downer mode with all this. I was like, I told my family, I don't want to be your Debbie Downer. <laughs> I don't want to be the one that is the down one. I don't want to be the one that you don't want to be around because mom's, you know, no. I'm like, come on, y'all. Let's have a prayer meeting. Come on, y'all. Let's do a project at the house. Bring your hammers. We got work to do. <laughs> This is how we fight our battles. We rise above it. I don't lay down and, and, and feel sorry for myself. Yes, I have my moments. I had my moments. There's no question about it. No question. All my family, we all, we cried together. We, 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 you know, we consoled each other. But at the end of that, we rose up every single time. And any conversation, we ended and began with God's got this. God's got this. God's got this, and he has, he has. Amen. The moment I was out of surgery on this surgery, I was cancer-free. Still went through chemo for six months just to make sure. Three years it's been, three years. So, <laughs> and these last few months I started just, you know, this summer I was like, you know, chemo kind of takes a toll on your body. And I was just really getting my energy back and, you know, starting to be able to do things, feel normal. I'm like, golly, I got some energy and this and that and really, you know, getting my game back on. And so, and I'll just wrap this up quickly, but just as part of this message, Miracles by the Moment. So about a month ago, we got back from our vacation in Colorado and I uh, had my CT scan, my checkup, which I've had every, you know, three months since, since that. And uh, it showed a dot. It showed a, a new dot. And so had to get a PET scan, had to get it checked out, this and that. Well, the doctor's like, okay, sorry, but it's, it's showing that it's cancer. So, of course... It's like, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. Uh-uh. It's not going to be nothing. It's not going to be nothing. <laughs> and just deliberately, you know, well, as it turned out over the tests and this and that, it was a little something. So I had to have surgery three weeks ago and um, took it out. And that's absolutely all he could find in there was one little one and a half centimeter dot of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I will be doing chemo again. <laughs> I'll start in a couple weeks. So I'll do that. But piece of cake. No biggie. And, you know, at first I was like, really? And I'll admit, you know, I had a meltdown. Because I don't intend to go through that again. I didn't intend for that to happen. I don't intend to be a victim. I am a victor. And this is not going to go on forever. Amen. And so it took, it took a toll. It took a hit on me emotionally. It took a hit on my family. We've been in the trenches for four years. My kids were like, we're so ready for all this to be done. I mean, you know, we're worn out. We didn't feel like, it's all right. <laughs> it, we, it took a hit. But you know, and it, the crazy thing is, it's, I got the report the same week that our book came out on Miracles by the Moment. Well, how <laughs> obvious, <laughs> how obvious is that? You. Dirty liar enemy. <laughs> you know, and when it first happened, I mean, you know, we were here at staff meeting and my doctor called and so we went in my office and Larry and me and the kids and, you know, it was like, after he hung up, I just cried and cried and cried and let it all and everybody cried and we all prayed and it was like, I said, okay. He's still got this. He's still got this. 
you know? And I'm telling you that very openly and honestly. And our kids, we all cried a lot together. And Larry cried some, but he's always, he's always our, he's always our commander in chief. Always. I'm so grateful for him. But we rose up and, and we got this. And even after this last little surgery, one tiny little dot, our doctor said, yep, you're cancer free again. But we have to make sure it stays at bay. And um, so I debated on how to say that because at first I was like, oh my goodness, my book's coming out. That, what does that say about things? And I was like, no, that's, what I teach in the book is it's not just one giant miracle all the time. It's miracles at the speed of life. It's miracles by the moment. Life comes at us, y'all. And this, yeah, it was cancer. But these are the principles that we've learned for almost 50 years. Life is real. There's challenges that are real. We're real people, we're real humans, but we serve a real God who has real promises and does real miracles. He meets us at the point of our need. And as we move forward in life, as we rise up against the enemy, he's gonna push back a little bit. As we make headway for the kingdom of God, not just for our own lives, there's gonna be some resistance. So what? We're more than conquerors through him that has loved us. More than conquerors. That means there's something to conquer. So guess what? We are conquerors. We dig our feet in and we say, fine, we're going over this mountain and we're going through this valley. And then again and again and again. Think about the, the directions on your old pearl shampoo. Wet hair, shampoo, rinse, repeat. Well, in life, there's a lot of repeats. Dig in, fight the good fight, overcome it, move on, repeat. Because we're constantly moving forward. Living for God doesn't mean there's never gonna be one little challenge or one little obstacle. Living for God means that we are more than conquerors, that greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world or that thing that's within me. Greater is he that's in you than anything that can come against you. Our God, nothing is impossible for him. No matter what you're facing, no matter the, what the world is throwing at us, no matter what events come our way, no matter what circumstances try to bowl us down, knock us down, or knock the wind out of us. We are more than conquerors and God is our victor. You know, sometimes we're moving forward, and quite honestly, when Katie and I went to my doctor appointment last week, um, and he started telling me, you know, we, we would start dealing with what we're going to deal with cancer and this and that, and, you know, we both choked up, and I said, I've kind of been in denial for a couple of weeks. I just didn't want to deal with it emotionally, and, and he paused for a moment, and he looked at us, and he goes, I feel that way. He goes, when I've got a patient that's just trucking along, doing great, and then all of a sudden ha something happens, he's like, my emotions go into denial. I'm like, oh, it's probably nothing. And Katie and I said, man, you gotta process a lot too, you know? He's like, yeah, <laughs> yep, but we keep going, you know? And I thought, wow. No matter if we're the ones facing something or whether we're in the world or whether a loved one or whatever, you know, we all got to truck, keep on trucking. We all got to rise up. We all got to find that footing and that place of, of, of victory and strength. And that is part of the miracles by the moment. So I'm going to have a prayer for y'all. And I want to have a power prayer. And for those of you on stream, I got my mama bear, she bear on. And how I've prayed for 
myself, how Larry's prayed for me, how we've prayed for our fam family, and how we pray for you is out of that same source of not just trying to grasp a miracle, but grasping hold of the miracle worker. So I want us to pray, but I want us to go into a place of worship. Brandon, lead us into that place of worship, into the presence of God. You can be on stream today. You might be thinking, oh, I wish I was right there. When I sat home on stream during chemo and during uh, isolation, I was right here. I was right here. I couldn't be in this service. I watched y'all have miracle services. I watched my family praying for people, our staff praying for people. I watched it from behind. And at first my heart was broken. I wasn't there, but then I just said, God, I'm just, I, I'm gonna receive today. I'm on the receiving end. And I'm telling you, God reached through and touched me such deep ways right where I was at. I know he's gonna do that for you today. I want us to stand. We're gonna, in a minute, we're gonna do the hand washing and break those curses off of our lives. But I want you to rush down here right now because I want you close to me. I want you down here for prayer. I want you down in the front. I want you to make your way down here. If you wanna receive the Lord today for the first time in your life or rededicate your life to him, I want you to come. If you have a need, and you need God to do a miracle for you today or for someone in your life, I want you to come down in the front. Maybe you're in a place where you don't need a miracle. Come down here and let's pray and keep you in that place. Listen, most of our lives, we don't live in a place of need like this. This is something abnormal to us. But even in the times when we're doing good and things are normal and things are paced, we still pray this way because we are establishing God's dominion and authority in our lives. Amen. So I want you to press in. I want you to press in right now. Do you believe that God is in this place? Do you believe that he is real? Do you believe that he can touch you and change your life? How many of you right now, you need a miracle in your body? Maybe not you, but maybe someone, your loved one, that you need a miracle healing in your body. Come on, I want you to lift your hands. I want you to show yourself to me and show yourself to God. How many of you, you need a miracle in your finances? You need a miracle breakthrough in the realm of finances. You need a blessing. You need a miracle of grace and favor to open in your lives. How many of you, you just need to rededicate your heart and your life to God? You want to come into a new place with the Holy Spirit and intimacy. I'm telling you, that's where my whole, all our miracles came from, is from that place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit, with God himself. Rededicating our lives is part of Yom Kippur. This is the rededication, the atonement, becoming one with God himself. Maybe you have any kind of a need in your family, with your children. Listen, we need to intercede for our children every single day. They're in the war zone out there. And our grandkids, let's never take lightly that we are in warfare. There's a world around us trying to close in on us. Never take lightly how powerful our God is and that through his power, we can rise up. We're in this world, but we are not subject to all the garbage going on in this world. We're children of God and he has that power to break every curse and to break every attack of the enemy and to cause us to live victoriously and free from those oppressions. Come on, lift your hands right now. Come on, just begin to praise him. Brandon, take us into worship and then I'm gonna pray in just a minute. Come on, enter in. I want you to enter in, enter into the Lord's presence. Right in the dark. 
come on. I want you to close your eyes right now. The presence of God is hovering amongst us. The presence of God is here. His grace, equipping, strength, power, miracle working power is here. I want you to lift your hands and I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray along with me. You can declare it out loud or you can pray in tongues or you can just pray and intercede. Say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Come on. I just want your spirit involved and interceding. Father, right now we come before you in the name and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we are not coming as beggars. We are coming as your children. We are coming as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are coming, Lord, and doing exactly what you have commanded us to do and allowed us to do, and that is to pray and intercede for our needs and our miracles. God, we're not begging you. We are tapping into who you already are and what you've already done. You are Jehovah Rophe, our healer. You are Jehovah Jireh, our Jesus Christ. Now, Father, we thank you that every oppression is broken and behind us. And Lord, we step out of the chaos of the world. We step into your miracle power, God, your promises, your power, and every miracle that you have. Father, right now, we just lift our hands in praise and we receive you are all that you are into us for us and through us and we give you all praise and glory now give him a shout of praise come on press in give him praise give him praise give him praise thank him thank him thank him thank him right where you're at in your home thank him come on hallelujah God, glory to God, glory to God. Just receive it. 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 Just let God be God. 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 Take the limits off of who he is and take the limits off of who you are through him. Make the choice. You're not gonna focus on the problems. You're gonna focus on the promises. He's a promise maker and a way maker and he will never ever let you down. Come on, give him a shout, give him a shout, give him a shout of praise. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for being a part of our lives, our ministry, our family. And thank you for all you do, not only for God, but for all of us. And be strong. 
Be courageous. Be bold. This is Yom Kippur. This is your new beginning for the year. This is where we go into a new phase. Leave the past behind. Leave the junk behind. Leave all that chaos behind. Step into God's new year and new beginning and new blessings. Part of that means a recommitment. Listen, if we're asking God to take us to a new level, we got to go to a new level with him. Come to church. Be a part of what God's doing. Every day, and this is a whole other message, but this is a whole part of how we are in this miracle place, is because we have a destiny to fulfill. It's not just about me, not just about Lion, not just about our family. We have a destiny that God has called us to impact the world. And each of y'all, when you're looking for a miracle, you have a destiny to fulfill. So it's not just about making you comfortable, it's about so you can accomplish all that God has called you to do. And with the Holy Spirit, you will accomplish a billion times more than you ever could on your own. And you will come to be a billion times more and do than you ever could on your own. It's a great way to live. God is so awesome. Yeah.